Welcome back, Bobcat fans. MSU comes off a big bye week, ready for their matchup with, I said big bye week again. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm going to start laughing through this. <laughs> All right. Welcome, everybody, to the RR Catcast, a fan based podcast focusing on Montana State athletics. We're two dudes named Ryan from the state of Washington talking about our dear Montana State. We hope you enjoy. Welcome back, Bobcat fans. MSU comes off a of bye week ready for the matchup with the Fighting Hawks of Grand Forks. How are you doing tonight, Thorny? I'm doing fantastic. It is pouring over here. I hope everyone listening can't hear the rain. I, I'm, I'm in recording in my garage. It's loud, but I think I got under control. Anyway, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. It's been raining here for two days straight. So Yeah, pretty much I, the same thing here. <laughs> yeah, just roll. It hits you first, and then it rolls over the state. Dries up in the middle and then hits Spokane and man, we get it too. So fall rains, man. That's how that's all we get over here. Well, if it's still raining here, according to that logic, you're you're still gonna be raining like two days from now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much, man. Right on, dude. Hey, so we have a smaller segment for you tonight. Uh, we're the plan is for this week is to kind of have uh two special segments. We're gonna recap the buy, uh, give you some uh, some reasons for optimism, reason for concern. And then later on this week, we're going to do our preview for North Dakota, as well as uh, have a special guest. How does everyone out there like the fact, we were just talking about this before we started recording, that we name all of our segments exactly what the segment is going to contain. If anyone can help us name our segments, please let us know. <laughs> we are the most boring. We are so boring. Look at that. Our <laughs> name is the R&R Catcast. Ryan and Ryan, we're not exactly the most creative types out there so if someone can help us name our segments please help us yeah send them to us yes okay send them so, to us if you if we like it we'll give you a, a koozie a golden koozie to name the segment <laughs> but you have to send us your contact info bp cats come on now come on bb cats british let's petroleum do. cats <laughs> thorny let's do a little show outline we're talking right now that's our intro so we're going to go into our beer next uh, we're going to talk news, man. Where did cats go in the polls? What did we, you know, what are our power rankings for the big sky right now? And Crazy then, big sky. <laughs> oh my gosh. It is wild. After that, uh, we're going to talk some, just like what we said, some reasons for optimism, reasons for concern. And then we'll end with our golden koozie. I got a, some, an extensive buy or sell for you tonight, Tony. I, I geeked out on it a little bit. Nice. I might have like seven seven questions ready nice. ready for that. I am ready. That sounds fun. Okay, man. So what's on tap for you tonight? All right. So you called me out last week for drinking the same beer two times out of the last three episodes. So I put a little bit more thought into it. I got the Global Mutt Baltic Porter from the Wander Brewing Company, which is up in Bellingham. Never heard of it. It is a Baltic Porter brewed with coffee beans, cocoa, and chocolate. So it's kind of a sweeter... I wouldn't say dessert type beer, but you know, porter. That's kind of classic porter stuff. And it's actually really good. It's a it comes in a pint, it's a big bottle. I like it quite a bit. It's got a really nice flavor to it, but it still rates decently like on the bitterness scale. It's not like real light or anything. It's actually it's, it's delicious. I would definitely buy it again. What do you got over there? Well, first I really like porters. And like it's turning into porter season, isn't it? You and I agree on a beer? <laughs> Whoa. Oh, that is, that is, that is groundbreaking. Holy cow. That is true. Have you, you know, seen the, it's like a Venn diagram woo. where you're like IPAs. <laughs> I'm like loggers. And in the center is like porters. Oh man. I'm going to make a Venn diagram. <laughs> no. Being a math teacher. I love that reference right there. Uh, well, I guess with Venn diagrams, you can use them, whatever. Right. Yeah, gotta, this is this is gonna go on Twitter. We're gonna make a graphic for this for sure. <laughs> that beer, any porter I've had has always tasted better on nitro. Perry Street does a uh, coffee porter, and they put it on nitro over here. Amazing! If you can find those porters, see if you can find one on nitro. Give it a shot. Just to throw it out there, I'm definitely getting a real strong chocolatey aftertaste here. Didn't really notice it at first, but there it is. Mm. Oh yeah, nice dude. I'm excited for you. Okay, 
on to me. So I have some holdovers from our trip from Montana. I stopped in Missoula to gas up when I was coming back. And I got myself a six-pack of Bitterroot IPA from the Bitterroot Brewing Company in Hamilton, Montana. One of my favorites. You don't see the blue cans out here as much. It's a When I say blue cans, those people who know Bitterroot IPA, it's a nice mountain scene with like a majestic peak in the background. And it's just a classic bitter IPA that from Bitterroot that I know you would not enjoy. But I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, IPA me tonight, you porter. I'm pretty sure we're going to be playing this ping pong game of IPAs and stouts and porters and pale ales <laughs> all uh, every season for the rest of our life. I, I'm pretty much sure that's going to happen. But you know, you know what, Thorny, I will. I will try to put in a porter or a stout into our cat cast in 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 this winter season, fall winter season. How about I that? I appreciate that. I appreciate the. Uh... The olive branch there. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I like porters and stouts. They're just not my go-to. If I had a choice, like if I had to rank my beers, let's be honest, it's going to be pale ale, IPA, probably just like an American lager. After that, I would go stout and then porter. No, brown, stout, and then porter. Well, that's a nice list. Yeah. Now you know. Now you push me on the spot. I don't know. I'd probably go stouts. Porters are up there. Lagers. Hefeweizen, I enjoy Hefeweizen's quite a bit. Yeah, IPAs are going to be on the bottom. Pretty much start at like <laughs> at like uh, anything that goes up to about 50 IBUs on the bitterness scale, it's about the cap. So I, I wonder sometimes, Thorny, I, I actually think about this. Like if you and I lived in the same spot and we actually, you know, got together for beers and on a regular basis, if we would like blend our tastes, that you and I would just be like, okay, try that, try that, try that. And then all of a sudden... <laughs> we end up drinking the same beer. <laughs> it's possible there'd definitely be some uh, easier to persuade me to try some beers. That, like right now, like I'm not going to buy an IPA because I don't like them. But if someone were with me and was giving me sips of, you know, maybe I'd change my mind. Yeah, come on over, buddy. We got uh, we got plenty of room in Spokane for you. Hey, uh, we should go to the Eastern game next year. Is it in Spokane? Cheney, yeah. Or Cheney, yeah. Okay, yeah, I, well, I would go anyways. So, yeah, for sure. And are, are we going down to... Two Bobcat we gonna, games we're going to watch. Yeah, are we going to go down to um, Pullman or Moscow? I think... Are you talking about Idaho? That They're in mm-hmm. Bozeman, I think, next year. Oh, are they? I think so. Okay, never mind. That's surprising me because what, we just played them last year at home. And so we're not returning the favor? No, and I actually... Uh, because Chris Hammond, Tubbs of the Club, said he listened to our last podcast. He's like, you guys don't want to go to Western Oregon for your Gold Rush game. And he, he pointed to a date on the schedule, and you look at the date, and it's, of course, Idaho at Montana State. And I even said, like, oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. And I asked him, like, but why are, why are you coming to our place again? He just said, like, Idaho and North Dakota screw the schedule up. That was his only response. <laughs> so I'm not entirely sure what that means, but it appears that they come to us two times, not two times in a row, because it was last year, but two times of the two times they've, we've played them. Yeah. So, Thorny, I think the next game we go to in Bozeman should be the night game, whether that's Gold Rush or some early season, you know, home opener. That's that's my vote for right now. That'd be, that'd be awesome. I'd love to go to a night game for sure. Like, I, I don't know game. if that'll be Long Island or Dixie State, probably the two uh, two options for that, which are both. Not awesome sounding opponents, but still fun. Yeah, it's going to be an awesome experience. I mean, Gold Rush, most electric atmosphere right there. So I finally get to buy a Gold Rush t-shirt and wear it to a Gold Rush game. We'll plan it up. All right, let's move on to some news, dude. Cats go up to number nine, and they cracked the top 10. They were at 12 last week, and like every week, man, the top 25 in the FCS is so unpredictable. Chaos. So unpredictable. Chaos. <laughs> yeah. Not so, only did like uh, the 8, 9, and I think the 10th ranked teams all lost, they all got smoked to unranked teams. Like Towson lost. I don't know who Towson lost to, but I know Furman got just whooped by the Citadel. Like No one 40, saw that coming. 40-something no to the teens. Yeah, that was just out of nowhere because Furman's been playing pretty good all year. So, yeah, it was just a crazy week, and 
The Bobcats rake the benefit of not losing and not winning, going up three spots from just sitting there tweeting our thumbs. So, hey, no complaints here, but here we go again with our conversation of are we a top 10? We spent one week out of the top 10, and we got right back into it without even playing a game. <laughs> That's how we do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just by proximity, man, we just hang around that top 10 and just let everybody cannibalize themselves. And all of a sudden, oh. you know, we just we just find a spot right there and just humming along right between 8, 9, and 10 all season. I'm cool with that. How could I possibly forget the number five ranked team in the country got beat down in a certain city in California? <laughs> Both one team shall remain nameless, but the other team that Sacramento State. Yeah. Good job, Sac State. Thank you. You uh, you employed Colin on our podcast, and I think he went, he pulled he uh, came through for us. So thank you, Colin, if you're listening. We attribute that to you, my man. Stingers up. <laughs> Stingers up. <laughs> I'm sorry, that cracks me up. That's a pretty funny. Oh man, how like how jealous right now are you of Sac State, dude? Just like just how much they are just wrecking shop, and just how good they look. Man, Troy Taylor is just so good. I just love watching Sac State. I'm like a closet Sac State fan now. A little bit, yeah. It's 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 just every every year, like one random Big Sky team just catches fire and just takes the league by storm, and it's just it's kind of annoying. It's kind of cool at the same time, but that's what I guess that's the product of having such a huge ass stupid league. Yeah, we should talk about that sometimes. Sorry, a little bitterness at the end there. Yeah, too many teams in this league. <laughs> Right, we 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 need to discuss that maybe in the off season. How about that? Sounds good. Okay. So you didn't vote in the power rankings this week, did you? No, no. Neglected Straight your duty. Nope. I'll tell you what I would have done. It would have been Sac State, Weber, the Grizz, the Bobcats. Number five was a real hard one. I was like, I want to reward Portland State for what they're doing, but they're beating up on crap. So I probably would have put Davis at fifth. Okay. Pretty close to what I had. I had Sac State first, Weber second. I put the Cats above U of M. And then I had Eastern right thereafter, UC Davis, NAU, Portland State, Cal Poly, Idaho, Northern Colorado, Idaho State, and Southern Utah. I got Idaho pretty far down there. Yeah, man. Idaho. I, I, They're hard to figure I'm out, aren't they? I'm disgusted with them. <laughs> I, yeah. It's like, it's like, who are you guys? <laughs> like, they're just like this. Ah. Yeah, there. I I don't know. Like I'm a, literally a loss for words right now. What do you? How do you describe Idaho? Well, they started their defensive lineman quarterback this time around. <laughs> yeah, just, I saw you him see that, you see that man. Like a, he looked like a pudgy guy. That's a dude. Yeah, he's a big man. <laughs> Damn. Is that like a Troy? Is that a Troy Anderson move right there? No, that's no? more. Uh, I'm trying to think. There, there was a team that had a. FBS team that moved a guy over there is a pretty big dude. But yeah, he's definitely not breaded. That's not the right kind of weight. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bryce quarterback doesn't matter. Like, you know, pitchers. Pitchers aren't, you know, a picture of physical fitness. So quarterbacks don't need to be either if you're not going to run it. Of course, he ran it and stiff armed a dude. So, hey, <laughs> he's doing all right. What happened to Mason Petrino? I have no idea. Chris Hammond, what happened to Mason Petrino? Was he just finally benched? I, I'm hoping he was finally benched. Get at us, Chris. Come on now. Okay, right. ready to move on, buddy? Yep, let's, uh, this is going to be a weird episode. We have no game to recap, so we're just going to kind of ramble, so. Hold on, Thorny. You said, uh, before we were talking, you said you wanted to maybe talk a little bit about the press conference, about some stuff that's not UND, UND related. Well, the only thing that uh, kind of came out of that would be the injuries. The only person he named by name was Logan Jones, but he alluded to some injuries just aren't going to get better, so you have to assume that he's talking about Troy Anderson, number one, Logan Jones, because that's what he mentioned, and probably Isaiah and Fonzie. Those are probably just injuries for guys that aren't going to be able to be 100% at any point this season unless we get some serious rest, which maybe if you rest him for Southern Utah, Northern Colorado. But point is, I, I don't think anybody of those guys, the three guys that are huge contributors for the team that we need to be at full strength, I don't think they're going to be at full strength anytime this year. So that was kind of a, a downer. And the other thing, well, let's see. Do you have any other comments about injuries? Is that kind of your takeaway from it as well? Yeah, I really want to ask you a question, but I'm not going to because we could go about 20 minutes into it on Troy Anderson. But I'm sure we're going to talk about that soon. Probably. Yeah. 
Shouldn't have said it. That's that's bad radio right there. Yep, that, well, <laughs> that's all right. We're not uh, known for our cohesiveness, I don't think. No. <laughs> the other thing that was kind of comical to me was uh, interesting, too. So it's it funny, but uh, Jeff Choate's rant about late games in California. Basically, <laughs> his summation of his entire rant was every single team in this entire conference should play their games between noon and 2 p.m. <laughs> what do you think about that? That was a pretty interesting comment because that would include our night games. Like it, like it's any better for a team from Sac from Sacramento to come up to Montana and play a six p.m. game under the lights. <laughs> I'll tell you what, he, uh, Jeff Cho got a little chippy there at the very end, and so he, <laughs> I think he was just building momentum, and then all of a sudden he's just shooting from the hip when he says that. So I'm not going to put too much stock in it. I do like the night games. I see what he's saying. You know, if we have to travel to Sac State, San Luis Obispo, anywhere over there. And we're playing a, a night game, and they're coming from Mountain Standard Time and Pacific Time with the long travel. He's just saying they have a, an advantage playing playing late game. So yeah, he just got on a roll, you know, Jeff Cho. But you know, he comes out and saying, "I want to be on record saying this," <laughs> you know, and then he just smiles and laughs at the same time. And it, it, it's funny in the press conference too. He he had mentioned a couple times about I'm probably going to get fined for saying this. I think he said that. Yeah, that was funny. It's like go ahead, and, yeah, whatever, go ahead and find me. <laughs> Yeah, which is funny, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it wouldn't be a press conference if Jeff Choate didn't rant about something. <laughs> that guy can talk. I love watching him talk. I love watching him talk. I love listening to talk. I hope that that's not a downside for him because he's a good talker, and eventually, you know, people who talk have to match the talking. But man, I love listening to him talk, and I I will always love listening to him talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's get into the meat and potatoes of today, man. We're going to talk about the reasons for optimism so far, and we're going to talk about some reasons for concern. You were going to rename this segment is the beer half empty or half full. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody help us name our segments, please. Thorny, I'll let you start with whatever you want, and we'll play off each other, and then uh, you know, hopefully we have some good disagreements here. How about that? All right. Well, might as well start out with the optimism because why not? This is a, a fan podcast. We got to be positive. The first thing that just popped into my mind, the reasons to be optimistic about the Bobcats for the rest of the season is that we're we're winning all these games, and I still think we're so inexperienced at certain posi- key positions that are only gonna positions that are only gonna get better as more reps come into play. Quarterback, linebacker, cornerback, and also just a specific guy that I see improving, Amandre Williams. Like, this is his real first action in his college career. And, he, uh, you know, he was a guy that I think a lot of people expected to, to dominate right away, and he didn't necessarily, but I, I see him getting better and better. And the better he gets, the better in defensive line's going to get. So I just really, just to sum that up, I just think inexperience in those positions, linebacker, quarterback, defensive end, and cornerback, I think is one big reason to be optimistic because we're winning games with these guys all still kind of learning as they go, and they're only going to get better and better as they get more reps because we've got a lot of, like, first-year starters kind of playing for the first time, and they're all young guys, too, a lot of them, like just younger guys who haven't been in college that long. Well, kind of forces your hand a little bit when you think about guys like Demarius Hosey. Like, what are we going to do with him? So we're talking about young guys developing. we got that four-game limit for redshirt rules. What do you want to do with Hosey there? I kind of feel like we need Hosey to play just to, due to injuries at the running back position. I mean, Logan Jones is going to be basically a pain management thing. Like if he's if he's feeling good enough, he's going to be out there. But if it's just too much, he's going to be sitting down. If Afonso's not going and Troy's not really playing, I was hoping Troy Anderson would play some running back this year. But it's basically been offensive side of the ball, Troy Anderson Wildcat. Have we really seen him at running back very much? Maybe two or three plays I yeah. can recall almost all of his offensive snaps have been exclusively at quarterback. So he's kind of out of the conversation about running back. We, I mean, I like Shane Perry and I like Lane Sumner, but if those are your, the two guys you're relying on down the stretch, like uh, we just got to have another dude in there. And I think at some point you have to just kind of look at it and say, Hey, Fonzie's not going to go. Troy's not playing here. We need a running back. I think Hosey's the next guy that's going to have to, probably step up at the season unfortunately i don't want to 
use that old cliche phrase, burn his red shirt, but I think we're going to have to play him. Yeah, I think it, I think unfortunately we will. Um, it'd be nice to save him, but I don't know. I was thinking about that today because we're getting thin at running back, right? And Troy Anderson is, you know, cobbled up with this, this lingering injury. We just, we have, well, I mean, Hosey is just different in the fact that he brings more speed. He's more explosive. And I feel like Sumner and uh, Logan Jones and Shane Perry are all kind of very similar. And so I think we just needed something different back there. And I think Hosey gives us that option. Well, one big thing for him could be pass protection because that was something that Perry and Sumner struggled with mightily against Sac State. And Jeff Choate said that out loud. He said those were two things that or those those were something that led to a lot of the QB pressures. They didn't even like go to the right side of where the pressure was. It, it wasn't real pretty. And Jeff Choate said in the press conference, he had a good chat with those guys, which you, you know was not fun for Lane Sumner or Shane Perry <laughs> when he says I had a chat with them. I, mean, I can't imagine that was a real fun chat. But I don't know what I'm getting at is I don't know if, if Hosey is going to be good in the pass protection scenario because that's something that like, young running backs typically struggle with because that's something more of a savvy type guy does well. But we may not need him for that situation. We're going to need someone just to kind of pound a defense and, and it's just, that's our style of play. And right now, Lame Sumner and Shane Perry aren't that big bruising guy that we need to kind of pound teams into submission, like is kind of our MO so far. So I think we might have to have him just solely fact on his size and physicality. Yeah. Maybe some Jahari Martin in there. Yep. That's their option. That is the other option. Okay. So I got another reason for optimism. Chase Benson and Derek Marks are playing at an elite level right now, probably the best that they can play, but I don't feel like Sturk, Amandre Williams or Jason Scrampos are. So here's my theory. Those three that I just named start to play at an elite level and meet Chase Benson and Derek Marks by late November. Our line could be looking really, really good. No, I could see that too. And and that's that's funny to say about Bryce Sturk because he definitely started off on fire. But one of my reasons for concern is the fact that two out of the last three games against traditional offenses, NAU and Sac State, zero combined stack that is not a stat you want to see so that kind of just goes back to Bryce Sturk is kind of dipping down a little bit so but I still think he's got that good football and he can play at a higher level so if he gets to that higher level then yes that is certainly a room for for optimism but yeah my concern was that we're not getting any pressure on the quarterback right now well hold on hold on don't go into the concerns quite yet let's just keep in the optimism hey, you said play off each other I okay fair enough, play. fair enough yeah all right, so <laughs> give me another reason for optimism. Quite simply, Jeff Choate teams have proven they get better as the year progresses. I mean, that's yeah, just huh? that's just a fact. Whether you're, whether you're <laughs> 0 and 9 and you win your last two, that's improvement. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it's safe to say, and he's been on record saying that this year, that I've he said that I've proven that my teams get better. So I, I think that we will get better just based on that fact. And a lot of that, I think, is attributed to the fact that he rotates so many guys, which is kind of, like, frustrating, and there's no continuity in sometimes, and you wonder if he's seven too many guys, but what that certainly does is keeps guys fresh down the stretch. So we need to rely on a guy, they're going to be fresh, much more fresh than a team we're going up against who doesn't have the depth that we do. So building depth and rotating guys, if you can win games early on, is going to pay huge dividends down the stretch. Oh, for sure. The rotating guys thing has been kind of a topic of conversation with some of the media members. And it's something I hadn't really thought about at length until this year. I could see both sides. You know, if you're just keeping your starters in and just grooving with the guys that have uh, your best 11. But I can also see the benefit in changing the guys out and doing, uh, you know, building the depth of wherever you can. So I think uh, the way Jeff Toach going about it with this, like revolving door with some of these positions. You know, when we get into these late situations in November and hopefully into the playoffs, I think that's really going to benefit us. You know, hopefully we won't have any uh, nagging injuries to our starters and it will be more fresh all around. Well, that's the one way to negate injuries mm-hmm. is you get guys with a bunch of experience. So then if a guy does go down, his backup has already at least played a handful of reps several times in each of the last three games or something. That's 
not coming straight in off the bench, not complete baptism by fire. So that that does help that as well. Okay. All right. I think it's your turn for a reason for optimism. Okay. I'll give you one more. All right. The, the bitter is half full. <laughs> <laughs> We're five and two going into three winnable games. That alone, we could have the chance of going eight and two in the next three games. That alone right there is a reason for optimism. So we have uh, UND coming up this week. Thereafter, we play Southern Utah, and then we go to Greeley, which is a man. Never good. Never a, yeah, never a fun it's always game. A, it's always a challenge. Yeah, like in Greeley, I like Northern Colorado's been kind of salty lately. They, I mean, they have, they're not winning, but they're not too far away from winning, from you know actually eclipsing that win column. So. Northern Colorado is a perfect example of if you have a quarterback, you give your chance, yourself a chance to win any game. Okay. Because Jacob Nip, if he's healthy, they're going to be a problem. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And by all means, the Cats should win the next three games. But if, if anybody's listening, you're probably a Bobcat fan. You know what it feels like to be a Bobcat fan. When we were supposed to do stuff, doesn't mean we always do it. So <laughs> it's week to week. It's always the week to week in the Big Sky. There's never an easy game but we have a legit chance of going eight and two and then solidifying at least in a large bid into the playoffs in the next three weeks. Speaking of week to week, how are you feeling after the Sac State loss now that we've had some more time to digest it and considering what Sac State did to the Grizz? Do you feel any different? No, I don't. I still feel like it's a missed opportunity. We had Sac State at home. Sac State's a, you know, just buzzing right now but how cool it would have been would it just to be knocked them off we, we had more yards than them passing we have i can't remember if rushing i think they they eclipsed us on rushing we had but, more total yards for sure yeah we, we didn't play terrible against sack and i don't want to sit here and re- rehash that but i don't feel terribly different it's like you know okay so they just want the grizz awesome i love that i mean that was cool but it doesn't make me feel all that much better about uh our loss against them I feel slightly better just from time passage. Like they expose us in so many ways, but that's, I mean, it's one loss. I mean, it's rare for any team in the big sky to go through the big sky undefeated. So, I mean, it's a loss. We're five and one in FCS play. It's not the end of the world, but it felt kind of like that last week just because of how badly they dominated. But Hey, that's just what Sac State is doing to everybody right now. So maybe, that changed my perspective a little bit, but I don't, I'm not as down as I was. But yeah, we st- certainly still have a lot of things to fix, which is going to be in our concern segment. Let's go into those. Let's let's transition to the concerns. Are we going to go back to optimism, or are we just done? Well, I, we can bounce back if you want. That's fine just, by me. Okay, let's just bounce back and forth now. So, do you want to start reason concern? Yes. The very first thing, we are still dead last in third down conversions. We are 32 out of 101 tries on third down. Dismal, about 32% right there. Did you type that exactly that way? Because I'm looking at my notes. It says still dead last in the league. I had the oh, word still in there as well. <laughs> gosh, it's just so bad. That's my number like, one. Number one. Two years running. Fix this. Matt Miller, what the heck are you doing? Sorry, I'm getting a little... Mm, I'm showing that's, a little. Well, that's that's where yeah. having a quarterback kind of rears his ugly head, right? Like you can't <laughs> get on. bailed out on third and eight if you can't have an accurate quarterback. Okay, so yes, I I'm tired of sucking on third down. It is <laughs> so bad because if we don't get, it's like the it's like this thorny. If we if we have like a one or two yard gain on first down, I already start feeling like, damn it, <laughs> we're gonna get him third and long. And here we go again. We're dead I mean, we're like we're like Cal we're like Cal Poly, man. If you knock up knock us off our schedule, we're screwed. You know who's first in third down conversions? Sac State. Uh, I don't think so. I think it's Montana. <laughs> if you ask that question, you better damn know what the damn well know what the answer is. Well, I looked at it last <laughs> night, and, and then I double guessed myself. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's the Grizzlies. So. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> ah. So, man, yeah, we, you know, it was something we really harped on over uh, over the summer. That and then, like, you know, defending the third down, we've gotten marginally better. We're, like, seventh right now in the conference out yeah. of 13 teams in defending the third down. But we are 
dead last in converting third downs. That is just unacceptable in in that state right here. If we want to go anywhere in the playoffs, we need to improve on that. We need to improve on our third down efficiency. That is a must. Especially with the type of offense we run. Like the more plays we run, the more we're going to pound a defense. This is a mission. But if we can't get off the field on third down on defense, that gives our offensive line, our running backs, less time to wear teams down. So it's yeah. it's a huge thing that impacts the entire team. <laughs> Man. Gets me fired up, dude. <laughs> well, what gets me fired up is we just can we just cannot play a full four quarters of football. We always have one or two quarters where we just play sloppy. And it's not necessarily penalties because our penalties have actually improved. We're actually, I think, top four in penalties per game, like penalty yards per game in, in the base guys. So it's not penalties necessarily, but it's just sloppy play. We just like look uninspired sometimes out there. And I think that's the reason for concern that we just can't focus for four straight quarters because our talent level is pretty damn good, but we just can't seem to put it together for an entire game. And that's certainly something that concerns me. I think that's a direct criticism of Jeff Choate. I mean, we praise Jeff Choate for so many things here, but he does have some flaws, and I think that's one of his major flaws right there. I mean, it's consistently the same way. I think Jeff Choate's consistent in a lot of ways. That is one thing that has been consistent that's a negative. It's just, it seems to be that, I don't know if it's a hallmark of his teams, but it's getting close. What, what does it take to fix that, though? I mean, we're I spotting know. teams like... And that's that's the thing. This year, the trend has been we're just spotting teams' points from the get go, and it's just super frustrating, right? Like you never have Jeff Choate's teams either win on these like nail biters or like these comebacks, or else we blow them out. How many times have you seen a Jeff Choate team go through the game with like a fourteen point lead and just continue, you know, continue that for four quarters or something like a comfortable lead? That just seemingly hasn't happened. Like, we'll play inferior opponents like Norfolk State or a Wagner last year, and, and we'll just cruise. But that, by and large, has been the exception. Nope. And then the inverse of what you just said, like, spotting teams 14 points. Well, Cal Poly would finally start off okay, get a build, build a lead, and then they let him right back in the game. So it's just like, yeah, just like, hang on to a lead. And, like, Sac State does that really well. But maybe that just goes back to the fact that we just can't convert on third down. Like if you if you convert on third down, you can hold on to leads. It's <laughs> so true. It just seems like it's just it's like it's almost like the Ides of March. You can tell it's coming. <laughs> You're like you can feel it, can't you? It's like you and I were sit, standing on the sideline on homecoming, and we were like just predicting, like okay, we're gonna go three and out here. And Sac State's gonna drive the field. They're gonna eat up clock. It was just almost like we were just like predicting the future. And it was just, you know, we're prophesying what's happening. And it just happens right in front of us. And it's, we don't have to be in Bobcat Stadium to feel that. It's something like you can just feel it. And it's going to, it seems like it happens every single game. And I don't like that. No, it's not a good feeling. And speaking of like uh, predictive, we've talked about this. We don't need to cover this too much, but tendency is definitely a concern. And that's obviously something Jeff Cho emphasized heavily this bye week is just trying to keep our tendencies under control offensively, defensively. As he said in the press conference, we're not trying to reinvent the team. We're not going to be a team that comes out there and starts throwing the ball 70 times a game. But they got to figure out a way to be a little bit less predictable on offense and defense. Oh, yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing what Matt Miller has dialed up in the offense. Can I own two? Uh, we're only, Jeff Cho talked about, we're like, we blitz like 30 percent of the time somewhere in the 30s i don't agree with that i think we need to blitz more because no we're not we, we've, we've harped on that for sure like you and i both agree that we need to be a little more aggressive and if it's not working at the front four you gotta start blitzing but that's another thing i want to talk about real quick that i've actually back to a reason for optimism is because matt miller and kayon kayon are still pretty <laughs> young coaches like they're gonna they're still learning they're like they're still making mistakes they're both basically matt miller what has maybe a full game full season's worth of games under his belt at this point because he did the last six last year and the first, yeah, about a full season right now. So you think about that, he's had like one season as an offensive coordinator. And and Kane Ione, this is like his first real season having true control of the defense aside from that whole Rob, not Rob Marshall, he was a safety. Jamie Marshall, the uh, defensive co-defensive co coordinator thing. But there's still a lot of room for them to grow. 
So I think that's actually a reason for optimism is I talked about inexperience at player positions. I think inexperience at those two key coaching spots is something that will only improve as they get more reps as well. I hadn't thought about that. That's a good point though, Thorny. I mean, some of these, these coaches in the big sky have coached for numerous different teams, right? And they've just been like these salty veterans who've been around for 20 plus years. I guess some yeah, young Sac- coordinators. Sac State has like Craig Paulson, <laughs> who used to be like the Grizz O-line coach, and they have Andy Thompson. I mean, these are some of these teams have like just veterans of the Big Sky Conference that have just been around. And that yeah. that's worth something. Yeah, no doubt. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Good one, Tony. I just got one more reason for concern. How about it's our QB rotation and QB identity. Yes. Thank you. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, there's no normalcy there. And it's really causing us like this, uh, just just like we can't get into a rhythm in our offense because I feel like we're always out of rhythm. Like, there's like if we're going to go with Tucker Rovig, let's go with Tucker Rovig and then use him as a facilitator of the ball. But to if we're going to go with Travis Johnson, let's just go with Travis Johnson. But this uh, inconsistency with who we're, who's taking the snaps, uh, it's kind of like going back a couple of weeks, you said, are we introducing or, or are we making a new offense? Yeah, we are. You called it the ground raid. Well, it is the ground raid, but it's also not something that's very sexy right now because we <laughs> we seem really out of sorts in offense right now. It's just jointed. I just it feels like we don't know what we want to do with our prototypical sized quarterbacks. Like, all right, Tucker Rovig, what do we get? Uh, all right, let's just bring him in, and okay, we'll send him out to the wide receiver spot. Send him out to the edge. Like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's useful. I don't know if we're setting it up for something, but it seems like just a wasted player out there. Like, no one thinks it's going to him. It's just yeah. I think game management of the rotating quarterbacks needs to keep improving and being honed in. I don't know what the answer is because it's it's clearly finicky, if you will, but it seems like we're just not utilizing the system that we try to run correctly at this point. No, it's super frustrating. And, you know, the taste that I feel in my mouth is still Sac State. So, I mean, that's that's a telltale sign right there. Okay, I'm looking through my notes here, and I think that covers pretty much everything that I wanted to talk about. How about you? Yeah, uh, I just turned the page and I'm looking at my buy or sell. So I think it's about that time. Yep, we're about 40 minutes in here. <laughs> we weren't sure how long this would go, but <laughs> it was it was a kind of a fun episode. Where we pretty much just got to just talk about whatever. We didn't, we didn't have a game recap. We're not doing a game preview. Just kind of rambling about our musings about the program. So let's move on to the buy or sell that you've crafted so masterfully. <laughs> All right, Thorny, I got seven questions for you. Are you ready for the hot seat? All right, let's do it. (laughs) All right, buy or sell, Thorny. I have confidence Matt Miller will evolve in his play calling this season. Buy. I think I pretty much just kind of said that in my uh, reasons for optimism because I still think he's young and I think he's learning and I think he's going to really, I think he learned a lot here this last week and going into bye week, just looking at himself, evaluating what he's done and and I think he's going to definitely improve. Okay. All right. I'm going to mark you down as a buy. Give him a buy. Uh, number two, Thorny. Simo was our best win in the first half. Oh, that's tough. I'm going to still buy that because I don't really know how good Simo ultimately is, but they're still like the highest ranked, like Sagarin rated team we've beaten. So I'll buy it. All right. Number three. And they just knocked off Jacksonville State. That helped us for sure. That helped that win look better. Any other thoughts on Simo? Nope. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Hang on. <laughs> Number four. Overall, I am happy with where the Bobcats are at today. You know, I'm going to buy that. I think overall, where we're sitting, five and two, top 10, going into the bye week down the stretch, like, I'm happy with that. Personally, I'm happy with it. <laughs> okay. I'm going to cut. I'm going to cut a couple out because... One of our golden koozie questions mimics one of mine. So here's the last one, Thorny. No, I actually got two more. Okay. Okay. So uh, these two, the last two are non-Bobcat related. I'm taking a page out of you. All right. So here's the first one. Those. Fall and winter beers are greater than spring and summer beers. Bye. 
I love dark stouts, browns, Oktoberfest beers. Yes, buying it. Okay, last one. Buy or sell Thorny, I'm going to watch the World Series. Sell it. Maybe a Game 7, but it's not a baseball guy. Just not. That sucks for you. All right. Oh, so you just answered that, by the way. (laughs) I wonder if Foley's going to buy that. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. We'll see what happens, all right? (laughs) I'm much more likely to watch the uh, Stanley Cup. Okay. I can get behind that. All right. Buy or sell. Ryan Foley. I have confidence Matt Miller will evolve his play calling in the rest of the season. I'm going to sell. He hasn't shown me much yet that I can really feel like uh, he has really a forward-minded progression. I don't know. So it's been about a year. I was thinking about this. It's been about a year since he took over, correct? I mean, we've been around this. Yeah, right around there. About about right around a year. I don't see a lot new. <laughs> From when he first started to now. And it's just, I think he's kind of handcuffed with our QB situation. And I don't know what Jeff is telling him in his ear that he must, he must do. It's kind of funny. I kind of watch. Uh, I keep an eye on the, the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not a Dallas Cowboys fan. Um, I'm an admitted Bengals fan. Had been my whole life. It's really, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I know. It's really hard right now. But uh, I, I, watch, I watch the Cowboys because of Kellen Moore. And his connection with uh, Matt Miller and Kellen Moore is the offensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys. And so I'm like watching their offenses. Like, you know, I wonder if Matt Miller's sitting there, you know, just, you know, writing stuff down. I, I wish I had confidence in him. I thought he was a better receivers coach than he is an offensive coordinator. And, you know, he's a young guy, but holy cow, I just, I have not been impressed. And, you know, if, I, if I'm optimistic about it, I just, I just don't feel it right now. So I'm going to sell that I have confidence in him evolving his play calling, but I'll gladly eat that statement if he proves me wrong. Number two, SEMO was our best win in the first half. I'm going to sell that as well. I think NAU was our best win just because we hadn't beaten NAU with Jeff Choate, and we just came back and just pounded them in in the third quarter there. And I don't feel like that was some of the best football I've seen out of the Bobcats. They were elite at that time. I think SEMO was a fantastic win. It was underneath the lights. It was a top twenty, a top twenty-five team. Their second, uh, thirty-eight to seventeen. Semo fifty-six twenty-one. Excuse me, um, forty-nine thirty-one. Nau. I'm going to go with Nau. But that was a that was a close buy for me, or a close sell. Excuse me. Third one. Overall, I am happy with, with where the Bobcats are at today. Again, I'm going to sell. I am not happy with where the Bobcats at. I think we have the potential to be much better than where we are. Uh, and this solely has to do with our offense. I think it's okay to be 9 or 10. Maybe, and we're, I'm sure anybody would want to be that. And so I am taking that for granted a little bit because of what we've built. But I don't feel confident in our offense at all right now. And it just I have more concerns than I am happy with the Bobcats today. All right, flip the page. Last two, fall and winter beers are greater than spring and summers. I'm going to go just opposite of you. I'm going to sell that thorny. I really like the spring beers when you start putting out the hoppy flavors, the pale ales, and then just the full bevy of summer beers, the IPAs, uh, all the hop flavors. Man, I just love it. So I'm going to go that. I do love my winter beers, but I would have to buy spring and summer more so and the last one i will watch the world series i'm gonna buy that i am a baseball fan i'm a cincinnati reds fan 1990 was the last time we went to the world series and so if the reds aren't in it i typically root for the national league so i'll be rooting for the nationals over over the astros this this uh this week and i don't even know who's in it i just told you i know i'm saying like i did this is news to me okay all right well, that's how big a baseball fan I am. <laughs> that is the buy or sell for this segment. Woo. We were pretty much dead opposite of each other. And last week we were we were in concert with each other. So that's that was good. I like that. Well, I think it just boils down to the fact that I said I felt better coming off like after this weekend, after our loss of sex date, and you actually seem to feel like you've felt worse. You feel more pessimistic than you did after our last loss of sex date. 
Yeah, I told you. I texted you earlier. I was. I'm feeling like the more and more I think about it, like the more and more I have real concern for a second half collapse, and it has everything to do with their offense. And so, um, Saturday for me is a big game because I really need to see some progress in our offensive identity or just the ability to run the ball again <laughs> and not have these lapses in order to feel comfortable with where we're going. We have like one buzzsaw game against Sac State, and now you're predicting a second-half collapse. Man, it's the, you know, the cardiac catch coming out of me, dude. It's just it's what we've been conditioned to. So it's until uh, until I can see it. I mean, I, I do think we're going to go, eh, I'm not going to say it, man. Uh, yeah, that's how I feel. So that's yes, right. I would say I would say you're right on that. Sounds good. Well, anything else you want to talk about on this random rambling episode? No, we got to talk about one golden koozie question. Man. Golden koozie questions. Absolutely. Woo! Of course. So why don't you read the first one? I'll read the second one because I got to pull it up real fast because I can't remember exactly what it was. You go first. Okay. So this is from Pete Burfening from uh, Twitter. Uh, after the Sac State game, he tweeted at me. He says, do you get more joy from the Grizz beat down on the bye week or the Cats win? Or a cat's win. Sometimes I wonder about myself. I'm going to go with a cat's win. It's awesome to see the Grizz lose. I love it. But I'm too much of a cat fan. <laughs> and I love to see the cats win. So I'm going to go with the cats win. Oh, that's an easy one for me. Like the cats winning is always better to me. I'm definitely not one of those those, those fans who like, uh, I just don't think that's a great mindset for a program to like, prefer to have your rival lose than you beat anybody like ah i just i can't get behind that i'm i'm all about the cats i don't focus too much on what the grizz are doing like it's i'm a bobcat fan and i'm rooting for us to win always pete i did watch that game so did thorny don't let him lie to you we were loving it that's not the question the question was <laughs> whether to watch us win or the grizz lose we had a bye week i was sitting there just enjoying every second of that so don't get me wrong i love oh, yeah. i love when the grizz uh get beat down so yeah you know bobby right there <laughs> the refuse to lose mentality where was that at <laughs> i did okay, uh i did sneak a peek over on egress just out of curiosity and i did see a thread titled exactly unlv bobby and i was like oh did did, did fully post that burn it down <laughs> <laughs> yep i don't know about that but that, that's pretty funny all right pete good job man that was a good question we got can, thorny. I'm trying to find it. I'm having a hard time finding it. Was it from Chris Hammond? It was. What was the question? Do you know what it was? <laughs> I don't. I remember you saying it was from Chris Hammond. Wait. Oh, yeah. He wants to know the odds the Montana State still gets a share of the Big Sky Conference title. Oh. Whoa. That's, yeah. That's yeah, a heavy it, one. It's a heavy one. Right I'm here like... at the end of the podcast with no research. <laughs> Answer that. So, do you know the the meme or the gif where the, you see people doing math in their head and you see, like, all the complex equations? That's what my head's doing right now. Yep. Uh, what is the odds that Montana State has a share in the title? I think it's decent because if the Cats take mm -hmm. care of business, if we beat, if we win our next five, which I think we have a decent chance to do. And the, the, the Grizz is going to be a hard one. Davis will be a hard one. I think we take care of the next three. The, you know, the, the hiccup here, it would be Sac State. And like I mentioned earlier, I don't like just teams don't really just blow through the big sky undefeated. Sac State's got some really hard games coming up still. They play Weber. If Sac State drops one, like, I don't see Sac, Sac State dropping more than one. So I don't even know how to, Making odd. I'm not a. I'm not a betting guy. So the odds are ten to one? Question mark. That seems reasonable. I have no idea. But I just if Sac State only loses one more, it doesn't matter because even if we win out, they own the tiebreaker. But I guess he's talking about a share. So yeah, let me bump that up to like five to one. That's so a pretty good odd, like right? Twenty. Uh, yeah. Okay. I see what you did. Um. I used to bet on horses a little bit. That's like my only betting knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> I just know the odds on a horse. And we have a centaur, so. A hobbled centaur. That's true. 
Uh, I'm going to give us like a 30% chance of doing that. I think if like, if I went with my gut just today, if you had to like, you know, hold me on it, I say we're in the next five games, we're going to go three, three and two. I'd be ecstatic if we went five and oh, but uh, that's just how I feel today. So that would put us at, what is that record? If we go three and two, that would give us eight and four on the season. And I don't think that's good enough to share title, uh, a part of the title. I think Sack is going to drop one game in the next. I don't know. Sack has the toughest schedule, especially they the do. back half. So they've been rolling, but you know, eventually they're going to slip up. I think just because just that's just what history tells us, right? Like, yeah, like and they didn't have the sting power. Like, I mean, it's not like we're talking about Eastern Washington here, or you know, you know, a traditional power like. They're like skyrocketing right now. There's been, there might be like bottle rocket that's just burning bright right now, but it's going to quickly fade. Who knows? You know, I, I don't know. Troy Taylor's been fantastic, and, we, and we've covered that. But gosh, I don't know. Who's to say? So um, I still give us about a third percent chance. Excuse me, I said that wrong. A third, like maybe 30, 30% about uh, being able to get a, a conference title in there. Uh, it's just so hard to do. It was interesting. Um, the Coulter, Nuanas on his show today mentioned that within the last like decade, uh, it's been. And I looked at this yesterday that he said, uh, "I'm not going to quote him, but the lion's share of the Big Sky conferences have been shared uh, between at least two teams, if not three, and those would be Montana State, Eastern Washington, and the Grizzlies, for the most part." So I don't know. I, I just I give us about a thirty percent chance of get a piece of that pie yep i mean that's roughly where i'd put us if i had to put it in terms of percent so it'll be hard to win out um i don't necessarily know if we'll win out but if we do win out yeah we'll share it but it all honestly the cats kind of control that in my opinion yeah i think i think sack will drop one so it's kind of up to us really if we want to share the conference title we can if we take care of business no that's really true it is is laid out before us right now all right, Thorny, let's get us out of here. Let's do that. Uh, as always, subscribe to us, rate us on whatever podcasting platform you listen to us. Follow us on Twitter, RRCatCast. You can find us on the Bobcat Nation under our recurring R&R CatCast thread. We try not to muck up the form with too much stuff, so we kind of try and keep everything in there. And we are on Facebook. I guess I should mention that. I never mentioned that. Facebook, RRCatCast as well. There's no N or and, it's RR Catcast, same with Twitter. Other than that, yeah, keep interacting with us, keep listening, and I really appreciate you guys listening as always. No, we're also looking for some sponsorships. I'll say it, Thorny, if you won't. If you have a business and you want to be associated with us, or if you'd like for us to talk about your business online, please get a hold of us. We have a nice presentation we would like to send you. Uh, we're looking for some connectivity right there. So, uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Yep. And if you're interested in that, uh, probably reach out to email, rrcatcast at gmail.com. Cool. All right. Well, let's end this like we always do. Go Cats. Go Cats.